What's up, guys, and welcome to the Low Volume Club, a show hosted by me, Tyler, and my best friend, Matt, about music, music production, SoundCloud, and whatever we feel like talking about. But we're not just a podcast. We're also a Twitch channel where we stream live music production every week. And we're also working on getting a website up that will have all sorts of downloadable content, merch, blog posts, you name it. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode one, where we talk with our good friend from college, Frank Parker, of The Good Beat, a lovely and positive blog about underground music. Be sure to follow us on all platforms at The Low Volume Club as we grow this thing as much as we can. But for now, enjoy the show. The Low Volume Club, episode one. Yeah, dude. Um, so let's let's introduce our guest today. We have Frank Parker, great friend from of ours from college and founder of The Good Beat. What's up, Frank? What's up, guys? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good, good to be here. Hell yeah, dude. So you want you want to talk about your blog, dude? Absolutely, I'll talk about my blog. So basically, you know, it's quarantine. You know, I don't have a job. It's just like, all right, Feel that. what can I do to pass the time? And I'm just like, I love music. I love sharing music. So I was just like, why not create a platform to do that? You know, and I wanted to keep it positive because I feel like there's a lot of blogs and websites out there to sort of like unfairly criticize people without giving them like, you know, constructive criticisms. And like some people just like shit on artists for like no good reason. I'm just like kind of mature about it. So like, I kind of just wanted to like highlight music I love and like create a positive space. Yeah, I don't know. I just I wanted to just create a space to share my music. That's what I love to do. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Yeah, like everybody, everybody from Ithaca is really, uh, really supporting that. Like everybody that I talk to about the good beat is just like so thrilled about it because you're you're posting music, or you're posting about music that everybody's like super into. I'm, I try. I try my hardest to you know just like be like very varied with the music I post and like I. I try not to post people like too famous just because like I kind of want to put people on to like artists that you know deserve more attention like I'm never going to write about like a Drake album or something like right yeah or like that's uh, important though just, yeah <laughs> yeah you can leave that stuff to pitchfork they got exactly <laughs> like that's not what my space is for I try to do the underdogs and the homies like I want you know like there's yeah. a lot of talented people I know you know like fucking the Pluto good as will genius magnetic the shaman all super dope artists that deserve more attention i want to give you know like create a platform to like you know just like advertise them and give them a space so like more people can listen to their shit because they're dope and like i just want more people to listen to them so yeah hell yeah matt were you gonna ask a question yeah i was gonna say how'd you come up with the good beat and the little beat the beat character i think that's like one of my favorite parts about it is the 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 subtle branding with you know the beat Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so the good beat was actually my friend's girlfriend came up with the name because I had no fucking clue what the call. She just <laughs> said that. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> and the beat was created by Lauren Kleiman. She did a fucking great job with that. And yeah, I, I want definitely want to merch it more because I love the logo. I want to like create more merch and. That's something I want want to get bigger at some point is the merch aspect of it as well. Yeah, I saw you put out like a limited edition winter themed merch. 
Yeah, just I just wanted to just like you know do like these surprise drops and just like you know see how people like react to them and see what people like, what people don't like. So just like still a lot of like experimentation. Like I want to get like the basic stuff out there, you know, just like a regular T-shirt or like a regular sweatshirt. But like, I want to do like more cool designs. Like that's why I have like that striped T-shirt up there and like that fucking uh, fanny pack up there just to like see like how people react to that. Someone actually bought a fanny pack, which I was shocked about. <laughs> so I didn't expect that to sell at all, but you never know. So I just, I just like, it's still like a trial and error phase, I guess, right now with the merch. Hell yeah, dude. I really like the sweatpants. Super cool. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I got to get better at fuck- and designing too because I'm not that good at it. <laughs> no, dude, it's it's super cool. I like, I like that you went for making sweatpants too because everybody makes t-shirts and whatnot. And it's like, you know, it's just diff- something different, you know? Yeah, like I want my merch to like stand out as like a brand at, at some point. Like, I don't know, I feel I'm inspired by like a lot of like skater brands and just like a lot of musicians merch. Like, I'm trying to think. I, also, Lyrical Lemonade, I was kind of inspired by them and their merch. Yeah. And like, was, you know, like Griselda has super dope merch and like people like that. So I want to like, be able to create merch that's like super recognizable and super dope and like i don't know what want it to be its own brand at some point but mm-hmm. that's the future yeah totally man back on what you were saying about like the positivity i just i really feel that so much because like is there really any room for people to talk negatively on like underground music you know like it just I, I get I get it. Like people have their opinions. I'm I'm super critical too. But like the idea of actually like having that sort of negative uh publicity about like young acts that are that are still developing and have not gotten the shine or just like trying to find their way just feels like I don't know. It, it feels more self serving than it does like actually valuable. You can save that for the comment sections, yeah. I feel like. But at the same time, it's like you just want to spread love. Exactly. And just like I, I just feel like especially like I feel just coming to music with an open mind because like I feel like some artists when they start are just incredibly just like shitted on. Like look at little Yachty. Like when he came out, people <laughs> hated him. Yeah. Same with Young Thug, bro. Like people are like, what the fuck is this shit? And now like Young Thug is like considered one of the greatest rappers of all time pretty much. Like, yeah. Yeah the influential artists so it's just like i feel like yeah you know, listen to stuff like over and over again or just give it time to like develop and develop your taste just because you know music is constantly changing and like i feel you just have to be open to new things that are coming and that's kind of like the big thing about my platform it's like hoping i open some people's minds to like different stuff like 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 hyperpop like you opened my mind to hyperpop and like i didn't listen to oh, it yeah. that much now i'm just like this is a sick genre like dorian electro super dope black winter wells like oh, yeah. all like super like dope talented artists that are like pushing the boundaries of music it's just like i want people to see like hey this is super cool stuff like if you don't like it that's okay you know what i'm saying like it is what it is i'm also one guy's opinion like you know like mm-hmm. i'm one dude <laughs> like my yeah. opinion is not the law <laughs> Like, I feel like some people get so worked up over, I guess, critics like Anthony Fantano's just like, he gave this album a bad review. What the fuck? It's like, this is one man. 
this is one man's opinion like <laughs> yeah I, I can so definitely just, reflect on that i'm i'm that guy sometimes about anthony fantano <laughs> oh me too i mean i'll be honest me too like <laughs> like I, I feel that sometimes like bro you can hear fucking what is it my, my beautiful dark twisted fancy at six like come on bro like <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like, it's one dude, one guy thinks that. So it's like, I try not to get super, super worked up about it. Uh huh. Well, there's also the other end of it where it's like, sometimes, you know, those criticisms are warranted or like, like, they're, sometimes they're funny. Like, I'm human. Like, you know, sometimes like, shitting on something that everyone agrees is horrible can be funny, but it's just like, I feel like there's a, I don't know. Like, I, I try, I don't know. Like, there's a better way to do it, maybe, or like, Try to get back more constructive criticism. It's like this, saying like this song sounds like dog shit. Like, like why does it sound like dog shit? What's the problem with it? Like, not. Yeah, no. It, constructive criticism is so important. You know, of course, anyone can say something shit, but why it's shit is is a whole different story. Exactly. Someone can grow exactly. from that. Exactly. Like, I don't know how. Like, one of the things that actually inspired me to do this blog and is actually logic's retirement. I don't know how you feel about logic, but like, I know people, like he has some hate, some of us it deserved, some of it's not, but like he retired because he hates doing rap music now. Like, like the internet was so like fucking cruel to him and shit. Like it made him want to retire. Like I don't enjoy the thing I used to do anymore. It's like, that's kind of right. fucked up. Yeah. Like, so it's just like, I don't want, I don't know. I want to create a platform. So like, Something like that doesn't happen. Like, I, like that's like I get like some of the criticisms are warranted, but it's just like, still, like, you gotta understand like that artist is a human being, mm-hmm. and like, I feel like a lot of people don't even understand that these artists are like living human beings, and like the, and they have feelings, and like I feel like there's just like this separation sometimes, just because you're not directly talking to them, but like they still probably read you, like the shit you're saying, you know? So it's like. Absolutely, bro. It, your blog kind of reminds me of um, like the premise of it. It reminds me of uh, this song is sick I don't know if you used to go on there. It, it was like a huge um, electronic music blog, like way back. It still exists, but okay. basically the whole premise was this song is sick. So they would just post the song that they thought was sick, and then eventually they became tastemakers. But the whole thing was just like positivity. And and like putting people like putting that sort of shine on in in the blog era, which like I really appreciate. Oh, well, yeah. I actually never heard of that. I'll definitely check it out for sure. Maybe get some inspiration. But yeah, yeah, because there's a there's like a time and a place, like you were saying. There's a time and a place for being critical, but at the same time, ev- since everybody's a critic and we have like this culture of like hating on things, I don't like. I just think people should be more aware of like what they're, what they're really putting out there. That's going to, that's going to stick in the comment section and really mess with somebody's head. You know, just like that vitriol. Like, I don't know if you know who um, Lex Friedman is. He's like a, he's like a scientist guy and he has his own podcast. They talk about like AI and whatnot, but he, he just talks about the idea of like people rooting for somebody to fail and just how mind-boggling that is that you would like actually like you know what i mean like if you don't like something that much and you're like rooting for somebody to fail like just take a moment and like realize how uh how self-defeating that is you know yeah that's crazy that's wow i've never heard of that but that makes a lot of sense like (laughs) yeah it's like i mean it's like people like the example that he used was elon musk which you know elon musk is like 
kind of controversial, but the idea that like people want him to fail or people want like the new president to fail or just like, you know what I mean? Like if some, somebody's standing out on the street, who's like trying to do their thing and make an impact. The idea that you want them to fail, it's like kind of crazy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm glad to see like more people kind of starting to realize that. Cause he, you know, we just, we just grew up with the internet and I think like everybody would benefit from taking a step back and like having a little bit more boundaries when it comes to that sort of stuff, you know? Absolutely. absolutely. Internet etiquette. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like what happened to, to being nice and polite to people, you know? A blog too is like, people don't read blogs to get their own opinion. They kind of, they want to hear like other people's takes, yeah, you know? I, that's what I try to do is just like, I try to be as open as possible. Like my experience or just like a hi- history I have with an artist and just like what an artist means to me. Just like, I try to be like, not as, like very personal, but I guess like not open where I like expose my full self. Cause I'm a little bit afraid of that. Like, I don't know. Like I like having my, my privacy a little bit. So like I try to be as open as possible while, also to maintain that privacy but yeah definitely the blog format has given me a lot of room to just like express i guess my love for like certain music and stuff like that it's really i don't know it's really nice and i really enjoy doing it and i didn't realize that i mean actually like a, a decent writer like i go on some other blogs like not the disc lyrical lemonade or anything but like some of their articles are like super short and like not that well written i'm like i'm like damn i could do better than this I'm starting a podcast also at some point with my friend. Oh, yeah? We're around here. Yeah, we're going to start a podcast. I'm hoping to have uh, – I think one of the first things we're going to talk about is probably the Grammys. And I want, yeah. want to interview Miserable Genius as well since I owe him an interview. So, nice. yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm excited for the podcast because I feel like that will also just like – I guess another layer to the blog and I guess give my blog more like news – aspect to it like we cover like right. current topics and like controversies and stuff like that like talk about our spotify rap 2020 <laughs> <laughs> what's on your spotify rap number one was mac miller <laughs> yeah um good like yeah it was just like mac miller and Lil uzi vert were just like on repeat like when the, like yeah. when eternal tape drop like at the beginning of lockdown I was just like damn this is getting me through it <laughs> yeah. Lil Lucy was uh, my number one. Yeah, he, nice. he was a close second. Like I was re- like him and fucking Mac Miller on repeat like all year. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have I don't pay for any streaming music service, so I couldn't tell you what was on my uh, my rewind or whatever. He doesn't care for the that's musicians. Cool. That's super cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I have a different approach to that and whatnot. I'm, I mean, eventually, I definitely will bite the bullet and and pay for spotify i think spotify is dope um i used to have apple music but i don't know for now i just like personally like using soundcloud and like having to go and jump through hoops and and like try to find stuff you know i, I make my own playlist i don't listen to other playlists basically <laughs> i'm gonna go on soundcloud in a minute to be honest i i don't know i felt like after like either like 2017 or 2018 i stopped using it i don't know why yeah. i think well, around that time, a lot of people were popping off the of SoundCloud, like yeah, it was the whole and, like, yep, the whole rap, that Southern Florida wave, rap. and like yep, like I was really into that shit. So it was like I was on SoundCloud all the time. Now that's like 
kind of like progressed past that. I'm not really on it as much anymore. And also I just hate commercials. Like yeah. I can't, I can't stand it. Like now there's like two ads between songs. I'm like, bro. <laughs> oh my dude i'm constantly refreshing my browser to get rid of those ads <laughs> i probably i probably shouldn't let that slide but that's how you can skip ads on soundcloud is if you just hit refresh and even if you're like scrolling way down in somebody's likes like when you refresh the page it'll put you exactly where you were oh, as nice. opposed to like scrolling down all the way down again so it's pretty nice i just couldn't take it man I'm, i spend so much time on there I just like started realizing how much of my life I was spending listening to ads on SoundCloud. They're also very, <laughs> they're very generous um, with the ads too. Uh, I've noticed like on like let's say I'm playing on my car or something like that, they'll skip the ad if you don't have a good enough connection to play the ad and start playing the song. At least for me, oh that's I nice haven't though. noticed. I don't know about anyone else, but I've noticed that a few times. I remember one time I I think they stopped doing this, which is great, but they had like a video ad that I couldn't skip. Oh, and no. I was like, I'm driving my car right now and you're playing me a video ad? This is crazy. Oh yeah, that God. probably didn't last long. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine why they didn't last long. <laughs> no, but seriously, Frank, you're you're not wrong when you said that like SoundCloud kind of went away for a little bit because everybody did get off of SoundCloud. I think that's like for multiple different reasons um one they did add a lot of ads which drove people away but uh, i've also heard like interesting rumors that labels got really mad about soundcloud being sort of a a taste-making site and that they they actually a a lot of major artists pulled their uh music from there yeah and it's it's crazy but at the same time like that whole uh, vacuum that was created after like the ski mask w- or whatever era, like is the reason why we have hyper pop yeah. now, you know, cause the core audience stayed on there and there were still, it's like, it's super easy if you're a 14 year old and you just have like Ableton and you want to make a song, you don't need to go through distro kid. You just put it on SoundCloud and then boom, still, still doing numbers. It's like, it's on a much smaller scale, but at the same time, like, I don't know. That's the, that's, that's why I'm so fascinated with this hyper pop stuff. It's like, it feels, uh, totally different. Oh, it's like a kind of a cool thing too. Like now that like, you know, that era ended uh, a new era is kind of begun where hyper pop's kind of like the main thing. So that's like kind of cool. Now and that like kind of brought me back to SoundCloud a little bit. It's just like, Oh shit. Like there's all this fucking hyper pop on here. I had no idea about like, so yeah, that and emo rap. I love me some emo rap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, the post goth boy click era is like still going crazy for all those guys. Yeah, I still little peep was also on my Spotify raft. <laughs> I still listen to him a ton, but like, yeah, that emo rap wave, it's still still going pretty strong, which is pretty dope. Uh huh. Yeah, especially near me. Really? Like what artists? Oh, yeah. Um. Well, little peep was from Long Island. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah. like, so many, so many kids around here are inspired by him. Um, so there's a lot of there's a really big uh, emo rap, hyper pop sound going on here. Um, I haven't been so much connected to the local scene as much with it, but I know my cousin. He he like produces for some of that kind of stuff. 
What? Yeah, you play me his stuff. It's like it's really good actually. But yeah, dude, Lil Peep was gonna be huge. I remember, you know, right before he passed, wasn't he on the cover of GQ? I think yeah, I think he was. Like he was at like a fashion show or something. Like he was modeling and uh, stuff. Like I, I yeah, I think so. That's so crazy. Yeah. They they were just like they were waiting on the number one song, basically. It, 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 he would have had a number yeah. one smash hit. Easily. Yeah, I mean look at look at the song Rain. Uh-huh. Um, with Lil Uzi, right? That's the song. I think so. Let me look at Rain? Yeah. Oh. That might be uh Wait, which one is that? Is that the one with... I talking about the one with XX or Alright, yeah, no, it's with uh XX Tentacion, not Lil Uzi Vert, my bad. But yeah, yeah, that that track, that had a lot of radio kind of sound to it. Like I could have absolutely heard that on the radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, though, did you ever see like Good Charlotte covered yeah, uh, one of his songs? That was crazy. Yeah, I remember that. It's yeah, I was I was tripping so hard uh, when they did that because it like it sounds like a Good Charlotte song. Like that's how you could hear the sound, the songwriting, yeah. and just like you know, it sounded totally different because now it's it's 2020, so you have 808 instead of like an actual bass guitar, but you could just as easily pass it on to a band like exactly. Good Charlotte and it, it would just like sound like, you know, arena rock from the early 2000s. Yeah, but- so the, the core songwriting was there and the aesthetic and the image and the sex appeal. It's like such a tragedy. That was a crazy thing about like, he was, I feel like he was like one, one of the first artists to really fuse emo or like pop punk and hip hop so well. Like, I felt like I heard a lot of experiments before that just sounded terrible and like, sounded off but like I, I don't know he had like the voice he had the production for it like it was, it was like the crazy like when, when i f- first heard him, it was like the craziest shit i ever heard in my life like i didn't hear anything like that before and like he was definitely gonna be huge like he was he was on his way there like it's crazy he blew up so much after he passed too like i don't even know if he had a song over like 10 Max. million plays on spotify before he passed then after he passed like his sales like shot the fuck up like it was crazy yeah, it's it's the Kurt Cobain effect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like wh- when Nirvana was a, a thing, like there there were actually not that many people who were on to them, like the core fan base was. But then afterwards, people realized. But I will say, like, because because I was on campus, like in college at the time, and the amount of people who started talking about Lil Peep who had been listening to them, just like kind of warmed my heart because I thought that not that many people were yeah. onto him, especially at Ithaca. I, and I thought I was a weirdo too Same. for listening to that stuff, you know? No, absolutely. I would show some of my friends yeah, something that. that that shit. They'd be like, what the fuck is this? And I'd be like, yeah, my like, bro, like, you just, you know, listen, listen to it deeper. Like, I don't know, man. Like, and then like after they passed, people were like, oh, they, if I like clicked with them, like, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, like, I know some people is like, oh, you only like them after you pass. But honestly, like, I feel like that's, kind of a good thing because like now more people right. like kind of realize the talent and the beauty of his music so it's just like why would you Chris size listening to an artist after they passed like like you know like where do you, where do you all... think that comes from where, where do you think that is do you think that's like something out of grief or like are they or is that kind of a thing that people do because they're upset the artist passed like what what is this whole trend of like hating on people who find artists after their deaths and stuff 
Like, that's a tough question. Like, maybe it's grief, or, like, maybe they're just upset that, like, or people who may have, like, switched their paintings after they died. They only, only like to because they died now, but, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I always found that odd to me, too, but it, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's, that's tough, because I guess some people really love an artist and want to hold on to them as much as possible, but yeah, I don't know. That's something that just never clicked with me. Why people just disrespect somebody, but somebody after you know, like they died or like I don't know. I feel that. I also like. I can't take credit for this idea, but I heard it somewhere, and it's just like commercial success is totally based off of context. You know what I mean? Like some something that's cool, like wearing fanny packs or whatever trend is only cool because of the context like after somebody makes it cool yeah. you know it's it's kind of like mind-boggling when you think about it yeah i feel like the fanny pack started out ironically though yeah like oh, yeah the, the dad pack dude rich brian rich brian was the one with the fanny pack Every, everyone talked about oh, that seriously. shit <laughs> But also Young Lean, too. Yeah. Like, if you look at yeah. old, like, I think in the Afghanistan video, Young Lean was wearing a, a fanny pack, and that's, like, 2013 yep. or 2014. Like, so, and bucket hats, too. Like, because yep. that yeah. even predated the, the bucket hat trend. Like, such a style icon right there. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a, ahead, of, ahead of their time. Really ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even realize a lot of artists are ahead of their time until, like, later on. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. Because, like, well, it that's the thing, too. Like, that stuff, um, you know, like, Sad Boys and and uh, Drain Gang, particularly, like, Blady right now is huge, yeah. bigger than ever, and has influenced all that hyper-pop stuff. So it's kind of crazy, like, seeing, like, that Blady has, like, really come into his own and just, like, taken over. Yeah, I've been noticing that, too, just that he was – that Blady was starting to get, get more recognition. I'm like, oh shit, this, that's nuts. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Sweden, Sweden represent. Sweden's <laughs> got a dope scene out there. <laughs> Seriously. Right. Yeah, we, when we have artists, very, very rarely they're good artists. It's Avicii, ABBA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You know, we're, the rest of the time, we're pretty uh, mild mannered and quiet, but every once in a while, we got something to say. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm like, I'm like super Swedish. <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, still, I know that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I've, I've been there. It's good when you go to Stockholm. It's, it's kind of crazy. Ooh, I've always wanted to go there. Yeah, they're 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 super uh, polite and nice over there, and you really you also you get the vibe of um, of Young Lean and Blady like way more okay. once you like because it's like uh, it's it's really dark like ninety percent of the year there. They only get like a little bit uh, of sunlight during the summer. The rest of the time, it's it's like very cold and and dark, and that's like reflective of everybody's uh personality yeah you guys, now that you say that i can definitely tell that it's not like young means music like it's like dark yeah, and warpy yeah. and like yeah it's crazy what was it another artist i was seeing ahead of their time was like three six mafia because oh, yeah seriously like they're sampled like all the fucking time now and like suicide boys are like direct descendants of them like so I was just watching an interview of Juicy J. Just as like walls of plaques and shit. I'm like, damn, like this dude really like influ like influenced a lot of the modern sound right now. If you listen to like an old Three Six Mafia, I'm like, holy shit, this 
sounded like it was made today. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's a lot of influence of Three Six Mafia and uh, a lot of other sounds similar to them in in like house and techno stuff too yeah. now as well, like slowed yeah. vocals, like different things. Like it's crazy how the are still relevant right now. Like, <laughs> like people are still sampling oh. like slob on my knob. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why doesn't Juicy J get respect like that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like if somebody puts on a Juicy J song or even starts talking about him, he's still not given yeah. the proper respect. He still puts out fire that. music it's because too. he was kind of funny. Yeah. He's a little yeah, goofy, I but I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jay, he's fun. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Especially like it was that first solo album he had or the one that came out in like 2013. There was a lot of like fun songs on that shit. Like, oh my God. And I can't even think of the names now. Oh my God. The one with Wale. Oh, Bands Make Her Dance. Like, come on, that song's a banger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like classic. his new shit's fire too. Like, the hustle continues that just dropped is so good. Like he's still like absolutely like can rap his ass off and like it, he's also a really good producer. Yeah. He's a really good producer. Totally. Like he's produced like a lot of Megan the Stallion's biggest songs. Like I did yeah, not know that. Yeah, he produced Hot Girl Summer. Yeah. He did a couple of tracks on her new album. Oh, I think he did wow. Freaky, which says, yeah. He's a, he's he's got a hand in the producing game now. Yeah, no, kudos to him. Yeah, I don't know. That's just my my juicy J take, and also the fun fact that Logic is now his producer tag, which I find crazy. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so you're so you're saying that Logic retired, and now he's producing. Oh, well, he's his producer tag. So it's just like every time you hear a juicy J beat, it's Logic saying, "Shut the fuck up." Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like best friends or something it's oh crazy my gosh, they're like yeah, best friends right. which is nuts damn that's like, really he, cool. he literally said that in an interview just what like, like that's my best friend i'm like how did this happen <laughs> damn Dude, i'm like having really the cool, biggest honestly. brain fart right now like, I, like how uh future i totally forgot that his a tag, tag every that. once in a while yeah. it's a young metro yeah. or wheezy it's crazy but like honestly uh talking yep. about three six mafia i don't think that we would have the the party yeah. culture or like the ability to talk about uh drug use and whatnot in popular music without them because like if you go way back like lucy in the sky with diamonds and and songs oh, like yeah. that had to be like coded <laughs> like co- using coded language to reference like drug use and whatnot but then like three six mafia yeah. came and like just like totally uh broke down all the barriers with that and was like yeah we do this Geeked up off the bars. Yeah, now we got all these rappers talking about the heavy drug use. <laughs> like, damn. Like, fucking. You even listen to, like, their first album, Mystic Styles, they were, like, talking about. That was, like, 1995. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, like, you know, you know what's funny, too, is the influence that they had on um, Suicide Boys and all the funk stuff yeah. is, like, super cool. But, like, I don't know. So, Suicide Boys obviously samples. Uh, three six mafia on damn near every song right <laughs> and then uh, yeah. i was watching a vlad tv interview with dj paul and dj paul said that he sampled suicide boys and the suicide boys sued him <laughs> do i yeah there's a lawsuit between them like what the f- 
Yo, like <laughs> honestly, that shocked me so much just because like GCA showed them mad respect. Yeah. Suicide Boys showed them mad respect. Suicide Boys produced like two mixtapes uh-huh. for GCJ. And like now there's like this lawsuit out of fucking nowhere. I'm like, what yeah. happened here? Like what see what's in the back on? of my head, I think it's just a PR stunt. I think that they're like, actually like, cool with each other. They just think it'd be funny to do that, get people talking. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Oh. Yeah, people are smart, man. Like they, there's hilarious. all sorts of schemes to keep us entertained. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's cr- yeah, that lawsuit really took me by surprise. The one lawsuit I was so happy they got dropped was the one to get Juice World. Yeah. From yellow yeah, oh card. my god like <laughs> right yeah like they wouldn't drop it after you died i'm like are you fucking kidding me like bro like the family is grieving like what are yeah. you doing like and like it barely <laughs> oh by the yeah, way okay. remember this yeah. dude also i've listened to both of those songs and th- there's no case to be had there it's yeah it's like barely similar like <laughs> Like not even really. It, it was bull. I stopped listening to Yellow Card because too. of that. Honestly, I was Yo, like, "Fuck too. you guys!" Like I'm like, "Fuck you guys!" Like that was whack. That was so whack. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah. This kind of gets into Tyler. Your your yeah. like theory. So so Tyler has this theory about music and lawsuits, and that every song is already in existence right now. Um, it's it's just it just so happens that you fell into like yeah. finding the combination you you found the combination yeah this is kind of like sounds. a <laughs> so for someone to say yeah so for someone to say they have like ownership over the sound is like yeah. questionable the whole thing is this a is crazy process of like samples and like some people are so stingy with their samples like when try calls quest sample lou reed on can i cake it like lou reed got like 90 percent of the proceeds of that song because mm-hmm. they sampled his song which is insane. And then you got De La Soul situation, right. which is like all their early records have, have so many just like uncleared samples that are like, they can't like be released anywhere. And like there's, and like Tommy, they have a terrible deal of Tommy boy. And like, yeah, like the whole sample thing is, it's, I, it's crazy. Like even bands like the avalanches, like they can't make the music they made uh, on their first album. Like, all these new like laws and lawsuits is like they can't do that anymore like the the whole like crate digging thing is like not as much of a thing anymore which is like kind of sad like i don't know like it it breaks my heart it went out with kanye it's it sucks i mean it's cool that people are making beats without samples but at the same time like there's still like something cool about hearing like a like a cool sample in a song. It's like, oh shit, like no way. Like the, the way they use like a certain song in like a different context. Like I, I miss that. I miss that. Yeah. The the one that bothered me the most was, what was it? Robin Thicke and Marvin Gaye. Oh my God. <laughs> um, That was kind of like he, he had owned a specific rhythm. It's kind of like, how do you own a specific rhythm? Yeah, that- um, You know, no, yeah, and for real, it, it's like it shows such a surprising lack of attention to detail because the this song had a cowbell in it, and you know, like people, the audience is just like, "Oh my god, I heard a, I heard a cowbell, and he stole that!" <laughs> like, you know, just because there's only like three or four songs that are super popular that have cowbells in them, <laughs> like you should you should go sue SNL and. Uh, and yeah, Will, right. And uh, Will Ferrell too. Yeah, while you're at it, you know what I mean. Oh, <laughs> uh, and all I can do is just laugh <laughs> at that shit. But I mean, you know what? We got plot. 
I mean, I miss the days of dab piff, honestly. Like, like you know, especially yeah. early mixtapes, te- people just like rap over anything. Like, man, some good memories there. Early Mac Miller, or even early Kid Cudi, like. People just rapping over other people's beats. I'm like, it's a lost art now. It's not. It's not a thing anymore. Like, no, I was gonna say you have people like drop entire instrumental albums um, of the album of the yeah. tra- of the instrumentals yeah. that they use for their songs. You don't see that anymore. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, what I was what Matt was saying about my theory that like music is discovered rather than in, uh, created or invented. So there's only like yeah. so many combinations you can have of notes, right? That turns into a song. And and you can't own notes, right? Can't own a chord, right? But that's not to say that like you shouldn't give insane amounts of credit and respect and money to the people who are writing those songs. You know, there should be like like everybody should get paid. Everybody should be respected especially like the people that were sam- that everybody's sampling them. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you wouldn't, you would not have those early Kanye albums without him being able to get those like sample clearances. Oh, so yeah. that's, I just wanted to walk it back a little bit and, and, and say, you know, like respect to all of the crazy, crazy people who, uh, who came before us and like yeah. made all those classic records and whatnot. But at the same time, you mean it's discovered, like, right? It's it's like patent trolls, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Discovered. <laughs> That's what I would say. It's a it's I don't know. I think it's a beautiful thought. You know what I mean? That that you could just discover music rather than create yeah. it. Exactly. Like there's so much music out there. So many different genres, subgenres. Like I haven't even listened to like half the genres out there. Probably. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I'm still discovering shit right now. That's like, something that yeah. I think about frequently. It's, that's what I love about the whole music thing. It's something I think about all the time. Like my Spotify wrapped. It's like, you listen to 300 new genres. I'm like, what the right. fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, there's that many genres. Like, damn. Like, all right. <laughs> like it's, yeah, that's one of my favorite things about music is just discovering new genres, new sub genres. Like, uh, I think that's why I felt like I've, stuck with rap the longest i feel like just because i feel like it's still a fairly young genre and like it's still growing and like expanding like we just got like emo rap you know what i'm saying like and then like rock music like i still like it but i feel like it kind of stalled a little bit you know what i'm saying like there's still dope stuff out there but i feel they're not really making anything like that innovative anymore and like and that's why it's not the most popular genre in the world anymore because it's sort of just like stagnated, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyler and I were talking about this the other day, actually, and he brought up the good question of what's the biggest rock band right now? And like, <laughs> right? You just say like the 1975, but they're Yo, barely a rock band. You know what I'm saying? That's like, what I said, bro. <laughs> they're yeah. barely a rock band. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's like. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Tyler's to the 1975. I ended up saying oh, Tame Impala. Tame a good one too, but even that that's one dude. Yeah. It's one dude. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not even really a band. So it's like, yeah. Because, yeah, yes, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good thought. Cause like there really aren't that many big rock bands anymore. Like, it's not, not a thing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm going to be kind of butthurt after this, uh, COVID 
thing blows over and the Rolling Stones go on tour again. Oh my! You know, because it's just like, okay, can we get some? <laughs> can we yeah. get some more for like new, new? Let the new people get some money for once. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like, like they're taking anybody like new and interesting with them to play these arenas, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> I, the Rolling Stones just need to stop in general. Right. Like, I, I love the Rolling Stones. Don't get me wrong, but like, bro, like. Oh, you're like a hundred. Like, come on now. Like, yeah. just stay home. Like, you have enough money. Like, let some new wax get bigger. Like, I, I don't know. Like, try to think of some modern rock artists. Like, like Barty Strange. Like, he's one guy, but like, he's kind of a rock artist. And like, I don't like it. He like makes his like hip hop and like, uh, even like electronic music. I think it's a hard question because um, the rock genre has really transformed a lot like it's really super gotten into this indie sound yeah it's not like you don't hear bands like led zeppelin or like fucking rolling stones like that sound anymore no. like it's more like alternative or like even folky sometimes like it's not really like that hard rock or if there is yeah. hard rock it's like that stupid like butt rock shit like you know what i'm saying like yeah. <laughs> i don't like to talk hey but you know what i'm saying like i feel it's like after like the grunge era of the nineties, just like it evolved into like something kind of like really mediocre and like, you got like Creed and Nickelback out of that. Like, and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? like, like Soundgarden and like fucking uh Stone Temple pilots were like dope. And then people try to copy them and just didn't, I don't know, just didn't work. And I feel like, I don't Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of respect uh, Greta, Greta Van Fleet though. Like, even though they they sound, everybody says they sound exactly like uh, Led Zeppelin. I honestly haven't really checked them out that much. All I heard was just like they're a bunch of bullshit. But yeah, I, I mean, they they there's something about it, like the fact that they're they're like uncompromising, uh, in that they you know what I mean. It's it sounds like a rock record. So I'm not like a huge fan of Greta Van Fleet's music. But I respect it that when you listen to them, it actually sounds like a rock record. So that's okay. a start, right? Because okay. if there's gonna be another rock band, they should not be using 808s and whatnot. Like just just make a rock record and see if you can do that. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, yeah, I don't feel like I. Don't, I mean, it makes me look at them in a different light. I'm trying to think of like like I don't know if you know Lemon Twigs, but like they kind of sort like that throwback rock and roll band but like mm-hmm. yeah a lot of rock bands aren't even rock yeah like fucking imagine dragons i feel like i, I feel <laughs> like it's gone like what the f- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like come on now yeah a lot a lot of it's gone towards that kind of garage yeah, sound I mean, the black keys were popping for a little bit or at least or at least what i find myself yeah. playing i find my like you know ty seagull and like all other guys like this like i feel like they're really encompassing a lot of that original mm-hmm. rock sound. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, there aren't that many people doing it. They're like, yeah, the garage rock sound got pretty big for a while, especially with Black Keys in like 2010, 2011. I remember they were like popping off and shit. Mm-hmm. They were like being played all over like alternative radio, but like, or like, or like even bands that used to be rock bands just turned into like electro pop bands. Like, I feel like Phoenix is kind of like an electro pop band now. Yeah. It's a perfect or like this way from rock mu- music altogether. So, yeah, yeah, rock has just had a weird, weird 
transitioned last decade into this decade, I would say. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Because if it has the new elements, which is cool, like Oliver Tree has like sort of rock songs, but also 808s. It's just not, it's not rock. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's awesome. It's some different. But when you know when you take a step back and you look at like rock as a genre is just going down the toilet, honestly. Yeah, (laughs) it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It it really is. Like I I gotta listen to more Oliver Tree. Like I I gotta listen to more of his stuff. I like the song I did, Lil Yachty. I thought that was fire. He's got he's got like a Mm -hmm. a song with uh, Weathen, who's like a a really like. He's like a new uh, Porter Robinson or Maddion type okay. guy, like like you know, like a real young, um, inspiring, energetic. He's so young. Uh, DJ slash producer. Yeah, he's so young, right? <laughs> so he's got a song with them with him, and it's like so Phoenix inspired. When you hear Ooh, the chorus, okay. yeah, it slaps. Oh, I gotta check that. Yeah, honestly, I gotta dive into his discography for sure. Oliver Tree was a great example to bring up. I feel like he's. He's doing a lot of cool stuff with rock sounds, pop sounds, and even hip hop sounds. Yeah. Plus, like, you know, he's always wearing the same windbreakers. So he's yep. he, he kind of acts like like a caricature of a performer. It's like, I don't know, it's buried in irony and like I don't know. Did you do you know he used to be a, a professional scooter guy? No. Like doing tricks. Doing like that? vert stuff on a scooter. Dude, that no, explains no the scooter though. Yeah, I always wanted yeah, to yeah. with a scooter. I, I, it just makes sense. Damn. Yeah. Musicians can come from anywhere nowadays. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> like, crazy. fucking Joji's another example of that. Oh he was fucking gosh. filthy Frank, and yeah. now he's making, like, this super sad boy R&B music. It's like, damn. Joji had a really cool... Joji had a really cool story, though. Like, Joji, Joji was under a bunch of different names before he became Joji. Well, he was still Filthy Frank, and then all the Filthy Frank people would find him on SoundCloud and be like, it's Filthy Frank, pink guy, ha, ha, ha. You know, and then he'd be like, fuck, no one can take me seriously as a musician. And then he'd delete it and make a new, like, name. And he'd do this all the time, and people would constantly find him. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Dude, he rocks. Yeah, he's. I, I love Joji. He's dope. Like, that, that's crazy. That, like, people, I feel like earlier on maybe like the early 2010s it wasn't as much or of a thing or like you get clown more like childish gambino like people were just like what the fuck is this like why is he rapping like mm. he can't be a rapper <laughs> like he's <laughs> and now it's just like kind of like the norm like you know what i'm saying like little nas x was uh, ran a Nicki minaj uh, stand twit like twitter account or something like you know what i'm saying like now he's like one of the biggest artists on the planet so it's like I don't know. I feel like people are more accepting of where people come from nowadays, I guess. Definitely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Also with like Joji, it's super interesting because the, the duality between yeah. Filthy Frank and <laughs> like, and that, you know what I mean? It's like something where, yeah. I don't know, the, um, it, like the, the, the big like party guy personality is always complimented with like a different side to them. Like we, we want to reach out to Asher Roth and have him on the podcast because oh he's God. like doing his own thing. But he, he, here's the thing about him is like, he is not, I love college. Like he's yeah. actually like a very like based, 
uh, kind of like soulful, like thoughtful guy and his music afterwards now is like super thoughtful. So there's usually like when, when you have an artist like that, that's like so extreme. There's always like another side to the coin, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Asher Roth. Like, honestly, I haven't listened to like his modern stuff, but like I listened to some of it. It's really different. Like he can actually, he's actually a pretty decent rapper. Like, yeah, he's not that bad of an artist. Like, he's usually lumped in, you know, with the fucking frat rap that came out at that era. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sammy Adams, Chris Webby, Hoodie <laughs> Allen. <laughs> we gotta get know, a round like, table of those guys together. That, that'd be man. funny. Thank God, Mac Miller broke out of that. My my God. <laughs> <laughs> He, he's really the one that like truly i feel like broke out of that yeah like scene and like was able to grow as an artist just because he had like a deeper respect for hip-hop than i feel like a lot of the uh, other artists maybe didn't have because i feel like a lot of frat rap was like geared towards white people mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like white frat parties like it was very much like kind of like almost trying to make like white rap music but like that, that i don't know that just doesn't slide for i don't know <laughs> like that's just it, no, it definitely genre. Slide. Like, i don't know <laughs> you gotta yeah, like, you gotta respect on. it as such yeah yeah and like so and that's what i feel like mac miller kind of took that the heart after like blue slide park drop because that one was like panned like people didn't like that shit like it mm-hmm. sold well but people did not like that shit and like that helped him grow as an artist and now like he remembers like you know very f- finally released some of like the best music you know, some of the best rap music of the last decade. Like he's a yeah. great singer, he's a great drum player, he's a great guitar player. Like dude was super Producer. talented as fuck. Yeah, like he also helped so many fucking people. Yeah, and was just like so selfless. Like he helped fucking Action Bronson, Chance the Rapper, SZA, Rhapsody, Earth Gang, JID. Like and just like not for his own benefit, just because they were dope and like uh, you know. I want people to hear them and like, I don't know. That's just my little Mac Miller. I love Mac Miller. <laughs> I always got to show the man some love. Dude, I love him too. I saw him um, at the first governor's ball that was like ever had. Oh, no way. Yeah. When no. it was actually, it was on governor's Island before they put it on Randall's Island. Yep. It got too big. <laughs> so you had to take a ferry to get to the Island. Everybody had to take ferries. And I was in seventh grade. And I made my construction worker dad come with me and stand next to me in the crowd next to all these millennials who were just like getting wasted. (laughs) Yeah. And and then Mac Miller came on, you know, did like a a 45 minute set with songs explicitly about uh, marijuana. And um, no, but it was was awesome. And then and then it was cool, too, because like I got to see him, you know, a couple years before he passed where he was like playing. later in the day at GovBall uh on like the big honda stage oh, or whatever cool. yeah and he was like playing his his new stuff that was like wow. on a t- completely different tip yeah i've always well i wish i saw him like performance more modern so i saw him on the kids tour actually nice and i went with my best friend and our dads because we were like 15 at the time and we couldn't get in by ourselves so but, but you know go with our parents they're like what the fuck is this but <laughs> Mm-hmm. like it was a it was a, i have so many fond memories of that show like i was actually supposed to see him on the swimming tour and then unfortunately he passed so yeah yeah that's something i kind of 
one of my big regrets is not seeing him again before he passed. Cause like, I would love to see him perform his modern shit. Like it would have been so cool. Yeah. Like, it's just a whole different vibe, you know? I remember like, I used to be such like a little like punk kid playing Mac Miller. Yep. To my dad being like, look at, look at all the, uh, the bad things that this guy's saying. Yep. Yeah. Well, he's glorifying. And I remember <laughs> a couple years later, my dad like came to me and he was like, Oh yeah, I heard Mac Miller on the radio today. He's like, he's re- really grown up, and he's like doing some like cool stuff now. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Which is like, I don't know. He that was his yeah, whole vibe really cool. was just like bringing people together. You know? Yeah, that's what, that's why I love him, man. Like his new record is crazy. Like circles yeah. is crazy. That shit was like that was, record was unbelievable. Like I couldn't believe. Ugh. Kudos to J- John Bryan for completing that shit. Like he did yeah. such a good job of like finishing that album. Like. It, like that's not even like even a rap record really it's more like a singer songwriter alternative album like mm-hmm. yeah like i don't that's one of my favorite records by him probably it's like out there's one probably my most streamed album this year i think was circles yeah yeah did you see vince staples when he came to ithaca i did but I'm, i i miss jpeg mafia i saw him like perform one song i was so fucking mad yeah <laughs> uh, so, so the jpeg mafia set was so raw because he didn't have a dj he just had um he just had a laptop on a uh pong table on oh stage and he was just going off press that's baseball his thing, to play tracks. that's yeah, his thing. i saw, so mad I, I, missed that. I saw him open up he opened up for uh milo um Whoa. at the haunt one day and yeah the dude literally just had his laptop maybe a controller just to like you know press play and he just went in yeah that's when he was nobody but later on after after that set when vince staples playing the state theater or whatever uh right after his set he did a, a like a 20 minute tribute to uh mac miller and he, he played in, in black and white he played the tiny desk concert I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I was, I was low key crying. Honestly, I was sad as fuck. I was like, "Damn, yeah. it hit home. It hit home for sure." Yeah, man, that, that was a good show though. Vince, that was a great show. Vince Staples killed that show. I remember that. Yeah, you guys want you you want to talk about some shows that we saw back yeah. in our our college yeah. days? Yo, I'm down. I was I'm gonna down. actually. I was gonna open up this question. Uh, Frank, are you gonna write about? shows in your blog is that is that something in the future you could see i know it's hard right now that. with like no shows but yeah i could definitely do that like i could maybe just like make it a feature like now that i think about it, i could write about the jid show because that show was fucking nuts yeah it broke the floor <laughs> yeah i remember turning to uh to my buddy we were like dead center in the crowd i could feel the floor starting nope. to give I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And I turned to my buddy. I was like, this is kind of weird, right? Like, it, it, you could literally <laughs> feel the floor flexing so much, which, you know, I, I think we've all heard stories where, like, venues have actually collapsed like that. Or, like, yeah. there was a house party at Ithaca one time where, like, they had so many kids on this, like, elevated porch and the whole thing collapsed. Thank God nobody got hurt. Oh, my God. But, like, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty legendary. That's what, yeah. Something similar happened at a party my freshman year where I think like the ceiling broke. You know, like the fucking toilet water started pouring from the ceiling. It's like, all right, gotta get out. We gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I love all those dilapidated houses these kids are yeah. in. <laughs> <Crazy I, bad. laughs> 
Houses are no venues, that's for sure. Uh huh. I miss house like house shows and shit. Like seeing like fucking Dami Alrides there rap at a house show. Like, I miss that energy. Like, yeah, they used to tear it up. Good times. Yeah, house shows are great because it's, it's just so personal. Like everyone either recognizes each other, knows each other, has seen each other at like some other show, yep. similar genres. Like, it's it's really cool. It's like a little family. Yeah, yeah, it dude. is. Or you remember when um. Uh, Lazy Bones. So this is like our friend's band. He was uh, the premier band to really come out of our, yeah, our generation yeah. at, at um, Ithaca. They they did this one cover of the Talking Heads at one of their like it was like a seventies oh, party yeah. or whatever. And man, they played it so well, and everybody like knew the lyrics and whatnot and was vibing to it. It was like such a great change. You can't of pace, go wrong with the yeah. Talking Heads. No, you can't. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of talking heads, have you, have you seen Amer- uh, American Utopia? No. Oh, it's Sounds so good. Familiar. It's so, it's like David Rude's like Broadway show and stuff. And like he does a lot, a lot of talking heads covers and like a lot of solo stuff. And oh, like, sick. yeah, it's the thing's directed by Spike Lee actually. Oh, sick. It's really cool. I definitely recommend watching that if you get a chance. Like yeah. that man's a genius. Totally. Uh, what was your, uh, what was your favorite show that you ever saw while you were at Ithaca? Favorite show? Yeah, I don't think college. that. I'm trying to think who I saw. I saw XXYYXX was my freshman year, actually. That was crazy. What? I saw Highest Coyote for free at Ithaca, which was sick. But I th- honestly, I think it was JID, just mm-hmm. because we broke yeah. the ceiling. And that was on like every... Le- like major like hip hip hop like news publication like that was crazy to see yeah that was just like a whole different energy (laughs) yeah yeah i love it when your school makes the headlines like that yeah uh matt what was your favorite show i didn't really go to that many shows um i think one of the ones that stuck with me the most was i saw um liz cooper and the stampede if you're familiar with uh the band uh open up for some random group that i wasn't familiar with cool that was a great set she rocks she rips on guitar great sound it's like very folky folky psychedelic kind of rock still i never heard of her but i definitely gotta check her out oh yeah definitely, definitely write that one down yeah. Okay. For sure. Send send me that shit. Uh, yeah, my favorite show was brand new. I was just thinking of another show. Actually, I actually saw Wiki at Ithaca over the summer a oh, couple of years back. Yeah, and I met him. Wow. The chill dude. Yeah, he was. Before, it was like right around the time I think Lil Me came out, like his first like solo mixtape. Like that was crazy energy. I remember. Like there wasn't that many kids, but like everyone was just so fucking hype, yeah. having such a great time. Like that was a like a really cool show like yeah. it, just that the energy he had like i love wiki super underrated yeah i think it was like my th- my third day at ithaca freshman year uh talib kwali just randomly showed up Yo, and played a free show and i saw uh, that too yeah dude he turned the whole town into mardi gras basically like <laughs> people were just sick. like drinking in the street it was great um, was honestly my favorite show though was brand new when they randomly showed up on a, like a Tuesday oh, night. Oh, I remember that show too. Yeah, I, dude. That. I think, didn't you and I go to that? 
with Tom. Yeah. And Emma. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy, dude. Because it was like a Tuesday night and brand new just like comes and nobody from Ithaca went there. Like, I mean, nobody. It was only like people were driving up from Binghamton, like all these just like sort of aging uh, emo kids. Yep. Uh, (laughs) It was like 2000 people there. So it was just like such a trip, honestly. And like they killed it. And of course, of course, they didn't play 70 times seven or like, you know, any (laughs) any of that stuff. But it was it was good. It was really good. I forgot about that show. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think who else I saw on it. Glass Animals was a cool show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know who else I saw. Brother Ali. I saw Brother Ali there. Nice. In Ithaca. Uh, I missed Danny Brown when he was there. I was pissed about that. But, yeah, I think that's it. I can't think of any other college shows that were cr- that crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have any more. <laughs> no, that's about it. I mean, we're, we're we're fortunate enough to have had so many great acts come through there. Didn't Pitbull show guy. up one time randomly too? Pitbull, really? Yeah, Pitbull. I think Pitbull did a did a, uh, a show in the comments once. No fucking way, <laughs> Mr. <Damn>. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Worldwide is correct. <laughs> uh, Word. Well, uh, do you guys want to want to quit while we're ahead here? I think we had a pretty nice conversation. Yeah, we can get I mean, things wrapped up. I'm chilling. Yeah, well, yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, this, is, this was great to catch up. It was dope. Totally, yeah, absolutely, totally. dude. Um, this was uh, Frank Parker, also known as the Good Beat. Uh, yeah. Frank, what are what are your ads? What? How can people contact the Good Beat? Where can people find you? Um, so I have social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Those are my main social platforms right now. Um, just have to, you know, look up the good beat. Um, I think there's a link in my personal bio maybe as well. So hopefully I can grow the brand like a YouTube channel or like maybe even a TikTok. I don't know what the fuck I would do with the TikTok. Like, I don't know. <laughs> nice. But yeah, you can just find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah, man. Help support Frank, support artists. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. the love. Appreciate you guys' support for my boys. All right, see you, Frank.